Um, I believe that singing taps into something that exists deep within every person that is yearning and hungering for all that is good. I believe worship is a warfare that brings through spiritual breakthroughs because we simply obey God's Word. Now, God has, has given to us the book of Psalms. And how many chapters are in the book of Psalms? I'm testing you. Huh? 191? Or I thought it was like 154 or something like that. I don't know. There's a lot, right? It's a, and one of them, you know, one of the Psalms, what, Psalm 119 is, is, is huge. It's a long uh, Psalm. I see some of you turning your Bibles to check there. Um, huh? 150. Thank you. And then Psalm 119 has how many verses? Someone look that one up. I'm wanting you to be active with me. I could have looked these things up, but then, you know, why are you here? So, so you get to preach with me. How many? 176 verses in Psalm 119. Now, aren't you glad I didn't ask you to memorize that one before we came today? Yeah. Aren't, aren't you glad that I said that we weren't going to do an exegesis of Psalm 119 for you today, and we were going to break down every verse before you get to leave? You know, I mean, if I can take, you know, 10 weeks off of, you know, eight verses, imagine what I could do off of 176. You might not get out until next year. But if God gave us the, these Psalms, rich, which are rich, meaning passages of people's experiences they're raw at times you know you get to you get to see into the lives of individuals like David who God says was a man after his own heart and yet David was a sinful man who made mistakes God wasn't highlighting David because of his sins but because of his ability to come back to God after being confronted with the mistakes of his life but the Psalms present to us these, these raw expressions of emotion. As David is praying, Lord, wipe them out, <laughs> these that come against me. Have you ever, let's be honest, have you ever prayed that God would wipe somebody out that was coming against you? I mean, I, mean, I know we want these nice churchy answers to think, well, I would never think that. But let me just tell you, until you've had someone come against you, you know what? There have been times I say, Lord, you did it before, but I'll let you handle it your way. I always give that moment for God on those times. But I'll tell you, and that's not what I'm thinking. I'm just being real with you. There are times I understand exactly what David is saying and why he was praying and singing and worshiping the way he was. Because these psalms were many times sung in a lyrical fashion in the church. They were things that were voiced in a, in a manner that brought about a song. And there were, they, they put them to music. And if God gave us such a rich collection of, of these passages, do you think that worship is important in the house of God, in the life of a believer? If God would say this, this warrior king in David, who was a worshiper, was a man after his own heart, do you think that God is telling us that there's some valuable lessons we can learn from worship? 
I believe when we don't worship, our spirit remains closed and God can seem inaccessible. When we don't worship, our spirit remains closed and God can seem inaccessible to us. And it is only as we learn to declare and worship God that we begin to experience the, the, the living, breathing expression of God's love in our lives. Many of you have probably have heard the, pe- the passage that says, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, they are not carnal, they are not of this world, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 is our passage. Another rendering of this verse is, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Do you realize that there is a divine power that is working in you that when you begin to avail yourself of it, that it has the ability to destroy strongholds in your life? It has the ability, but you have to do something with it. It has the ability to destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to to the obedience of Christ. But we must apply God's word. Why? Luke 1, 37 says, For God, nothing will be impossible. When we begin to rightly apply the Word of God to our life, I believe that whatever challenge, whatever difficulty is coming at us, we have the ability to endure it. We have the ability to withstand the the pain and the pressure of that moment because God is with us. But you need to begin to apply God's Word in your life. You need to know how to to do those things that God's Word instructs us. And that leads us to the primary passage. You're just thinking, Pastor, you're just getting to the primary passage. I know! There was so much stuff leading into it. In this primary passage, we got 23 verses, praise God. 2 Chronicles 20, verses 1 through 23, uh, really speaks to the value of worship as warfare for us. It says this, After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Meunites, came against Jehoshaphat. I'm so glad we have our city's name better today. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom. For far from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazan Tamar, that is in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? And give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name's sake. Do you think he's laying on a little bit here for 
God to know that he's just reminding him that this is your people and all these people have done this for your name. And he's saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house. And cry out to you in, your, in our affliction. And you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade, Again, he's laying out, listen, you wouldn't let us take care of them before. You wouldn't let us do anything to them. And now, they're coming against us. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen. All Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in his holy attire as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they had began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. So they were routed, for the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them, or devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. What a battle that took place. What, what a, an amazing situation that took place as the people began to call out upon God because they were facing a great horde. They were facing an obstacle. They were facing an enemy that was coming to destroy them. And there are a few things, really three things, and I literally could preach on this, this passage probably till the rest of, you know, till the end of the year. 
Uh, there's so much value there, but I'm going to assign you a responsibility in this, and that you go home and do some reading for yourself and begin to dig into this for those of you especially who are in the midst of a challenging, difficult time. I, I want you to go deeper into this, but the three things are, that I want to share with you are this. First one is this, who are you going to call? How many of you remember Ghostbusters, you know, uh, watching that years ago? I know they came out, didn't they have like a Ghostbusters 2 or something like that? And then they came out a couple years ago, you know, another version of it. And, um, and they're never as good as the first one. And they had a, a great theme song, and I'll, I, I, I memorized it for you. I was going to sing it for you, but my voice is a little weak today. Um, but uh, I started thinking about that as Jehoshaphat really gave us the example here um, about who you're going to call. And and, Je, you know, Jehoshaphat's men came to him and said, Jehoshaphat, we need to make you aware that there is a great horde, this great army that is coming against us. And what is, what is the first thing that Jehoshaphat does? He called on God. See, this was a test. I, I'm hoping you're listening as I go through this. He called on God. Now, let's be honest. How many of you, when you're facing a challenging, difficult moment in life, the first thing you did was call someone else to help? Has anybody else done that? You know. Now, it is natural, I think, that when we are in the midst of a time of challenge, that our minds immediately go to someone who can help fix the problem for us. But what I want to teach us in this moment is for us to condition our minds that in those moments that the first thing that comes to our mind as a source of resolve in this situation we're dealing with is not an individual but our God. I, I can tell you that every time I face a situation with my car, if something starts acting weird, the first thing I have learned to do is lay hands on my car and say, Lord, this is your vehicle. This is your vehicle. I need you to take care of it. This, Lord, this is your house. I need you to take care of it. I remember a number of years ago in our house, um, the heater wasn't working. Now, we had been there for a couple years and it had worked fine. So I, I began to pray over our heater, and it didn't come on working. And so I felt like, okay, uh, God released it. And so I, I called a, a guy who could come out and look at it, and he looked at it, and he said, I don't know how your heater's been working all along. It was wired wrong. Now, we had laid hands on this heater for years, and it had worked. And it was not supposed to work because it was wired wrong. And he fixed it, and it started right up. Praise God. But, I, but I, I started thinking about how many times has God sustained us? Has God kept us when we weren't wired right? And, and God comes in, and he fixes the wiring and empowers us to live differently. And so I want to know, when you have a difficult time, who are you going to call? You know, for Jehoshaphat, a great multitude was coming against him. And the first thought that he had in verse number 3, it says uh, that he set his face to seek the Lord. Church, I want to invite you that when you're going through a difficult time,
to set your face to seek the Lord. Number two, the greater the battle, the greater the call. The greater the battle, the greater the call. And I say that because sometimes what the church is going through, uh, or what an individual is going through, is bigger than an individual. Sometimes what an individual is going through, he needs to call upon his family to join him in the battle. Sometimes what a church is going through, or an individual is going through, he needs to call upon his church to join him in the battle. And in this situation, the enemy wasn't just coming against Jehoshaphat, he was coming against the entire community. And in verse 3, we go further into that after it says that he, he, he set his face to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Church, when, when a fast is called, when a time of prayer is called, when God is moving in a significant way and the, and the call the call comes out, there should be this internal obligation that rises within us that says, I need to get to the house of God. I need to begin to pray. I need to begin to seek God because that is the only way that the resolve is going to happen. We need to stop having this, this, this small mentality that says, it's all about me. Sometimes we exist in the church and we act like, well, it's, it's just all about me. And if, if, if my life isn't right, or if my life isn't going the way it should, then I'm just going to sit around and pout and cry. Or, or if we, and may even go deeper. If it's somebody else, well, that's them. They need to go work that out with the Lord. <laughs> you know? No, there are times we need to get on our face as a corporate body and begin to seek God and begin to pray, begin to fast, begin to hear from God in a, in a special way. Now, these individuals were praying for God to deliver them, but they were also praying that God would give them a word. And I'll tell you this, God will always deliver. God will always deliver his word that will inspire us, that will encourage us. Verse 15 really gets into this word here. It says, listen all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he goes on, he says, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed of this great horde. God had a word for them. And he said, listen, I am going to deliver you. You're not going to, your job is to stand firm. Your job is to confront the, to come to the edge of battle and to stand your ground. And begin to intercede, begin to worship, begin to call out to God. Church, I can't emphasize enough how important it is that you learn how to call upon the name of God, that you learn how to worship in the midst of a difficult time. I'm not going to tell you that those songs aren't going to have moments of tears. Sometimes in the midst of, of our battling, we're crying, we're in pain. It's okay. God's not afraid of your tears. He knows already what's going on in your heart. Let it come out in your worship. Let it come out in your expression because what is going to happen is there is going to be an activation of something inside of you, of the Spirit of God inside of you. And God is going to begin to do a, a, a miraculous work on your behalf. 
Worship is warfare because it enables us to activate God's declarative word. Many of the worship songs that we sing really come from the, the scriptures and they've been put into this process of, of, of singing so that we can activate God's word. And, and it goes so much deeper. So we can stand in church and we can sing these songs and, and we can make it sound beautiful. And I, I praise God for our worship team. They do an amazing job of making our worship sound wonderful they do but the truth is if it comes if you would learn to sing from really from a heart that wants to see God move there there would be this reverberation that begins to happen in the house of God that would literally shake the foundations of this church because there is there is power there is a weightiness to the presence of God when we begin to invite his presence not only into our lives but the lives of all those around us but that is your responsibility God wants to give you a power up. He wants to give you an infusion from on high. But you have to be willing to, to do it. And that really leads us to our final point, that it's not just enough to think about it. You have to talk about it. You have to, you have to begin to let these words come out of your mouth in such a way that there is a, a powerful presence of, of God that is beginning to shake the church. Um, I, I've played some video games in my life, and you, uh, in these games, a lot of times they have power-ups um, that give you, the, you know, an, an ability to overcome an obstacle that is from you. And I believe worship is a power-up moment in our lives. Worship literally takes us from whatever strength level we're at at this moment to another level. Worship literally activates God's Spirit. Do you realize that Scripture says that the same Spirit that helped Jesus Christ raise from the dead, it dwells within us and that He will quicken these mortal bodies. How many have ever needed a quickening? You know, um, Friday, my uh, arthritis in my knee started acting up again. And... Uh, and I just, every morning, you know, if those of you have ever dealt with arthritis, sometimes getting out of bed first thing in the morning, it's like, Lord, do I have to actually get up and walk on this? Miss <laughs> uh, Karen was sharing with me an illustration or an example. She had arthritis in one of her fingers and she said it was hurting so much she just wanted to take her shears and cut off that finger. You know, I can't cut off that leg and actually get, you know, keep walking. But there are times I'm thinking, Lord, I just, I have, I have a lot to do today. And so I, I lean into a power-up moment, and I call upon the power of God to begin to do something inside of me to help me to get through that day. And it really involves me getting into the Word first thing in the morning. Sometimes I, I double up on what I get from the Word that day because I need more strength. You know, it's like those days where you eat more food because you have a big activity in front of you. I eat more of God's Word because I need it. Worship team, if you'd come to the, the stage and prepare. But I just want you to know that the power-up only happens when we begin to activate what God's already said. 
If you have the Word of God in your life and you do nothing with it, you don't ever read it, you don't ever take the passages of God's Word and apply them to your life, then you will all only experience minuscule value from God's Word. You'll never fully understand the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that is present inside of you if all you ever do is accept that John 3.16 is good and I don't need any more. And I'm so thankful that, that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son to die for me, that I might live. I'm so glad for that. But I am so also so glad that God has given me so many more passages. Yesterday, I just was going through all the different worship passages that really give us a power up in the midst of this difficult time that we're in. And I am not discouraged regardless of what happens in this world. I am encouraged because my God is able. My God is able. And so I want to encourage you today that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or imagine if you will simply apply His Word to your life, to your situation, to whatever you're struggling with. Will you invite Him to do that today? Let's stand, let's worship here. Father, I just thank You that Your Word empowers, that Your Word elevates us to a different level of, of living because it has resurrection power in it. Thank you that your spirit lives within us. Thank you that you have given us the ability to call upon you to do something that we can't do in our own strength or ability. And so today as we enter into this, this worship moment, Father, I pray if people are in the midst of a battle, in the midst of a struggle, Father, I pray that you would help them to elevate their times of worship, that you would empower them to, to walk steadily through this, this difficult moment. Father, that they would be able to stand and see the deliverance of their God. Father, I just thank you. Father, I pray you would do what only you can do in this moment. And uh, we ask for this in Jesus' name. Let's worship together. Come to the altars, you come, when you obey the Lord. Unleashed like a flood. The battle belongs to our God as we cry out in
regardless of what you're dealing with, regardless of your struggle, um, He is able. I want to just remind you of a couple things before we close in our time of prayer. Um, um, back on the ta- table right there in the back of the sanctuary are our Operation Shoebox, uh, Christmas Shoeboxes, and they're, uh, they're not folded nicely like this because they're easier for you to pick up a bunch of them and carry have about 50 or so, 50 or 60 of them there. Um, I just want to invite you to pick up some and fill them up. We have about two weeks until we have to have them back uh, to turn in. And uh, you'll need to grab a box, uh, the sheet next to it, so that you could fill it out. Um, you know, there are, you can go to Operation uh, Christmas Child and, and uh, uh, on the web and be able to look at the things that you can put in it or the things you can't can't put food and things like that candy they're not going to allow simple gifts clothes shoes you can you can label it for a boy you know flip-flops are always good things like that balls uh, there's lots of things um, even tools you know certain tools and that's why I encourage you to look at um, the website but pick up some of those turn those in uh, over the next couple weeks we'll have a time of prayer over them uh, also tonight um, we have our men's um, Bible study at 6 o'clock here at the church. You're invited to bring some snacks out with you if you'd like to come out. Um, we'll go through um, Book of Galatians, I think. Am I right there on that? Yes. All right, Book of Galatians. So we're doing the whole Book of Galatians. Not a big book. It uh, should be no problem for us to finish in a, in a, in a three-hour window. And so I want to invite you to come out and be part of that. Um, it's, and we always have great discussions. That'll be in the fellowship hall downstairs. Um, also, just keep uh, the different ones in prayer that are going through some different struggles right now. Um, as a church, our responsibility is to continue to lift them up. And Tuesday is a very special day. It's election day. Some of you have already voted early, which is great. If you have not, there is God holds us accountable actually to be involved in our government and to vote. That is uh, something where God calls us to actually pray for those in leadership uh, over us. Um, and there's going to be there's been a lot of animosity, a lot of tension over this election. But listen, I, last time I checked, our God is still on the throne. And uh, our responsibility is to go out and vote. I'm not telling you who to vote for, but I'm praying, telling you to pray and seek God and obey God's spirit in that process. And I believe that God is so involved in this beyond anything we could ever imagine. But we're going to pray for the process uh, of our, our president. Um, we're going to invite our ushers to come. We're going to close our whole service. We're going to cover these different areas in prayer. And uh, just invite you to uh, uh, lift up Constance and the things that they have going on. So uh, let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you, uh, first off, for the opportunity to give in this offering. I thank you for your, your bountiful provision in our lives. We have so much to be thankful for uh, in this time. And I pray your blessing on this offering that it would be multiplied to meet the needs of your church upon uh, the needs of the kingdom of God that we reach out into our community and the world. We thank you for it, your provision. Uh, we also lift up Constance with everything that's going on with her, Father. We know that you are, are aware of all these things and that you have the ability to minister to Constance in a, in a very uh, 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 intimate way and we pray you would do that. And we lift up our nation as we uh, have people that have been voting and people going to the polls over the next couple days, our election on Tuesday. I pray 
um, that your peace and your presence would be overshadowing this, that, Father, there would be no animosity, no tension, no rioting. All these things would just be set aside and that we would focus on our responsibility uh, to pray and to lift up our president and to pray for those that are voting that, Father, your, your will would be done in this process. And uh, um, we just thank you. Um, and we pray for all those in leadership over our country that you would, Father, prick their hearts, that you would do that which only your spirit can do. And those that are fighting in cha- this challenging situation with uh, COVID and all the things that it brings, I pray that your, your healing hand would go through and uh, bring a healing uh, balm to this nation. And we ask for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for your